Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is yet another episode of Father Knows Something. We welcome you back. And this time we are uh, got Matt and Amy, my son and my daughter-in-law. And we are in Minnesota. So the circumstance said, Jer, you're going off to Minnesota to go do some uh, fix-it stuff. Father knows something about fix-it stuff, which really father knows nothing about. And um, we get to we had a miss last week. So today is now Wednesday. We did not show Monday. So this coming Monday, you will see the shot we just shot on Wednesday. And I'm sorry we missed Monday night, uh, Tuesday morning for you, but... We're back on track, and so here we go. So, but you know, life happens, and here we are, and we're happy you're in town and because we don't you, get to see you that much. And because you guys are here to help me do it, we're able to get the episode, kick it out, and see what they have. Morgan is uh, certainly doing her production side back from Los Angeles. Yeah, and you are right; it's She's great to be so here. Uh, one of the good things I got to do while I was here is I got to hang out with my grandson and my granddaughter who had puzzles. That yes. are still, we can't see them yet, but we will before the end of the day. You guys we'll are now them. puzzle we'll masters. We did puzzles, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, the puzzles are finished, and the mechanical things that I came here to do are still broken. So <laughs> Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, because I had Eloise and Emmett to help me. I feel like mechanics are way harder than a 34-piece puzzle. I don't know. <laughs> well, I hear I get to read a story first. Yes, you're you're on. So we're going to get started. We're kicking this thing off. Perfect. I have not read this story. This is like a blind reaction from all of us. So bear with us, please. Those are my favorite when we don't know what the stories are. Okay. So we're going to start with story number one. Okay. Hi, Father Knows Something family. Fellow Minnesotan here. My situation is a little messy. So I will do my best to keep it an easy follow. I am a 29-year-old female in a relationship of three years. My boyfriend and I have a a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter together. To be surprised, we were expecting was an understatement. I had mentioned how I would like to see things as both of us were new expecting parents. During my pregnancy, I noticed he wouldn't touch my belly, talk to baby, or really ask how I was doing. I do know that some people may be weirded out by those things, so I just let it go. Our baby girl was born six weeks early and stayed in the NICU for a week. Once we were home, I did all I did all the stuff. I was breastfeeding, nighttime feeds, diaper changing. We tried to come up with a routine of myself doing half the night and he would take over for the other half. That didn't work out. He would have late nights working in the shop. 
When he would be at the house, he was always sitting on the couch, his phone while I on his phone while I would be doing dinner, taking care of baby, doing laundry, all the household chores. It didn't matter how many times I asked him to help out and delegate things to him. It would last a week and then go back to the same old thing. I eventually gave up on asking for help and just did it all myself because it was easier. She didn't say that, but I said that. Anyway, I was stressed out and tired, but at least I knew the job was getting done. It would be me getting baby up in the morning and getting ready for daycare, getting myself ready for work, working a 10-hour shift, picking baby back up and getting baby ready for bed. Repeat. It got to the point where I didn't have time to do his laundry and started making dinner for only myself. January 2023, let's fast forward here, I found out I was pregnant again, but this time I ended up having an ectopic, oh I'm so sorry, and had to have emergency surgery. After the surgery I had a moment of clarity and I realized that this isn't what I wanted anymore. I shunned him out looking for attention elsewhere, and I ended up cheating on him. I told him right after it happened and answered any questions that he had. It took me to cheat on him for him to realize that he needed to step up. We are currently going to couples therapy, individual therapy, and church. We have improved drastically, but this isn't where I want to be. And I don't see myself having a future with him. I need to do a lot of self-healing because I refuse to let go of the resentment and forgive him. I just don't know if it took me to check out now that I feel like I'm in a state of resentment and a state of no return that it's okay for him to try harder and step up. The advice I'm looking for is I don't know whether I should stay and work on it or be done. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my story. Here's my ideal outcome. I'd like to eventually move back home where I'm from, an hour away, and I would really like to have a great co-parenting relationship. Have this go as smoothly as possible. Matthew, you want to start or should we let Amy start first? <clears throat> I think that she can relate a lot, a, a lot mm-hmm. of, as you were a, a, a mom of a newborn. And I'm not saying that you had the same relationship or not, but I'd like to hear your take. And then we'll let Matthew take his stab at it. Or you want to take your stab first? No, why don't we, if, if that's the way you want to play it, we'll, we'll give our takes. And then why don't you uh, give some feedback? I'll do that. Jump on it, Amy. I think this is a really hard, but also really, really common situation. I don't think that she's alone in this. I think that a lot of people struggle with bonding with their babies especially men bonding during the pregnancy because i mean it's not in their body they're not see, they're not physically feeling the kicks of the baby they're not experiencing the sy- symptoms of pregnancy uh so bonding can be a little bit more difficult for dads in a relationship and i think that that can be really hard and then i think when baby comes along i think that um that can change when you meet your baby and bonding happens. She didn't really talk a lot about that afterwards. Um, I also think that with the cheating, like you can never blame your action of cheating on anybody else. 
and you can feel neglected in your relationship, but the choice of cheating is your own. And so you have to work through that, decide to work through that together versus working through that. If like he's accepting of that and moving forward and moving on, like there's potentially a future for your relationship. But Mm -hmm. if he's not ready for that, you can't blame him for that also. Matthew, you were a a guy not long ago into the fact you found that you were going to have a baby and and yeah, just because what she interprets a man to feel. I wanted to see what you felt because did you not bond or did you bond why the baby was, why she was pregnant? I mean, I'm going to let you just run with this. So to answer your question, if I bonded, yes, I was very active. We had planned both of our children and this was a surprise, correct? Yeah. And so we planned it. I was very involved. I touched the belly. I did the whole deal. I was excited. Um, Eloise was born and instantly fell in love, was bonded instantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, With Emmett, on the other hand, it took a very long time for me to form a bond with him. Why? Because at that point, Eloise still was obviously she was young. They're only two years apart. And it took two parents at that point in time Mm -hmm. to one, take care of Eloise, and then the other one to take care of Emmett. And when you look at this story, that baby, initially, they need their mother. They Mm -hmm. need to do the breastfeeding. They need Mm -hmm. to wake up and cluster feed. And they do all these different things where they're reliant on the mother. Mm -hmm. So I took a bigger role with Eloise at that point in time. And Emmett was primarily with Amy. Mm -hmm. So it took me, I'll say a good six to eight months before I really bonded with Emmett into the same way that I felt with Eloise. What do you think that, what do you think about what, what she's going through the, just simply the woman in in her story? I can understand, I can understand how she feels resentment that she has to take on a lot of the work. I think that, the problem should have been addressed sooner before things transpired to the point where it was a breaking point. So now here we are at the breaking point. She cheats. He's realizing that, okay, maybe I didn't step up. It's slipping away. He's at least trying at mm-hmm. this point now. So I, I guess it takes a lot of reflection. If he's actually trying and he's trying to make the relationship work. She she doesn't really mention any of that, honestly, when I'm like rereading it because like we're all blind reacting, right? So I'm like, okay, I need to reread this and sum this up. So here's my sum up for my interpretation of like looking at it here is that they were dating. They had a surprise baby. The baby was in the NICU. um, That, you know, they were together. Then she says that she was doing most of honestly the work of the relationship of raising the baby, doing, I was breastfeeding, nighttime beams, diaper changing. We tried to come up with a routine to take over. Like he would do half, I would do half, but it didn't work. Uh, You know, he was always in the shop, basically like he wasn't stepping up. So she's saying, I was overwhelmed. I was doing most of the work. And then I found out that I was pregnant again. And I told him, and basically it's not his baby because I had cheated on him. And so I opened up to him and I told him, Hey, wait a minute. I didn't catch that part. Mm -hmm. So, so the fact that the second child was not 
his child. Yes. I found out that I was pregnant again, but this time I ended up having an ectopic and this wasn't what I wanted anymore. Okay. Yes. It took me to cheat on him for him to realize that he needed to step up. We are currently going to couples therapy, individual therapy, and church. We have improved drastically, but this isn't where I want to be. So second pregnancy um, was ectopic. So they had to end that pregnancy Mm -hmm. because ectopics cannot progress to babies. Um. And so now they're like, what do we do with this relationship? And honestly, her ideal outcome was not for them to be together, mm-hmm. was that she would want to move back home where she's from. So I and assume want, with family and, she, and be, and be and have a great co-parenting mm-hmm. relationship, have this go as smoothly as possible. So that is her ideal outcome. So they have one baby together. She, she's a wrap. It's a done. It's there a done you go. Deal. It's a done deal. Well, so, she knows what she wants. Well, why don't you give your take on from the start? Because this is it's your show. <laughs> there you go, Jerry. Father knows something. So, what do you know? What do I know? I feel that uh, the the respect that she was hoping for the 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 partnership that she was really counting on was definitely let let there was a letdown and wasn't there. And she says clearly, I can't forgive him for it. It's it's not it's not fixable. And he, fortunately, he is trying to say, look, this was such a valuable thing. Your our relationship is so precious. I'm sorry, I, you know, the behavior of 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 waking up and going to counseling and going to church and whatever they're trying to do. He's trying to participate. It you know might be just too little, too late. It's going to take two to make this thing work. If when he's gone, she may say, "Look, you know, I'm happy. I've moved on with my life, and this is where I want to be." Um, and the reality is, you got to do what's the best for both of you. you. Can't be imprisoned for the rest of life because you've lost the magic that you that was there. You know, so I. It's it's sad to see it go that direction, but. He he let her down. He didn't have the maturity at that point in time to do the bonding that she wanted. She can't recover from it. And she was hoping that counseling would be the the mm-hmm. the freedom to either say time to walk away or time to make it work. It's it you can't go to the counselor to make that decision. It's right. really she, within you. In my opinion, she also needs to take some ownership. She also made some big mistakes. She could have addressed this problem sooner. She could have went to therapy sooner. And it was a surprise. Maybe this person never really wanted to have a child, period. And it, oops, here we are. And is he at the shop providing, trying to make money for he, that family? I'm sure he is. So here's here's the thing is I think that she answered her own question because, again, I'm looking back. We got to read these things a couple times to really absorb you, them. You really do. So the advice I'm looking for is I don't know whether I should stay and work on it or be done. I feel like she's answered her own question. She did answer her own question. She doesn't want to be with him. He's proven himself that he's not an equal partner. And so if she feels like he's not an equal partner, then yes, if she feels like she'd get more support from moving back home in single parenting, I think that's really valid and that she can go ahead and do that. And if something should change in their future, like I've seen many people go through a, through a divorce or a separation or whatever it is and in their relationship, and two years later, they feel out, well, we've both grown and we still have mm-hmm. something magic here. But for right now, if you're not in love, 
Don't stay in a relationship just because of the duty of it. And if he's not stepping up, absolutely. Well, I it think it sounds like he is I think stepping he's up. I think he's trying to step up. Multiple times that you've read it now. I, I, I think he's trying to step up. The bottom line is she's not feeling it. And if she's not feeling it, then they, they gotta go through the separation until she either does feel it or she goes on with her life with with somebody else or by herself or what who whatever direction that is. But she's pretty clear. I want to be done. I want to go on with my and co-parent. And that's what you need to do. I think that the stepping up, maybe from maybe we have different perspectives of that. They've improved drastically. But it didn't change it didn't change the fact that she she's not in love with them. If you're not in love with them. Then- they did say that they improved drastically. Right. So But that was right after basically her she didn't say that they improved drastically because he stepped up in taking care of their child. They said she said they've improved drastically because they've gone to therapy, which is also very important. But her very like the very first half of her um description is how she's doing all of the work and the caring of the child. So if your heart's not in it, it's fine to walk away. You can walk away. You can co-parent. You can strive. I think you may be giving this this dad too much benefit of the doubt. They, we, don't, the be, only, don't, <laughs> don't, don't be a I'm bitter not, lady over here. I'm not bitter, but literally the only positive she said Jeez. about him in this entire paragraph is that we have in proved drastically, but this isn't where I want to be. Then, yeah, then kick rocks. We're, we're, Get him out of we're there. saying go on with your life. Yeah. Done. Wrap. There you go. We 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 look forward to hearing what you have to say in the future and where we and how you are making out doing whatever choices you made. And you know, my feeling, you if you're not in love, don't stay don't stay in prison. Get out of prison, and if something changes later on with your lives, and you guys find out you really do love one another, and you wanted to give it another stop, another another chance, then you can do it. But for right now, maybe this is the the leave of absence you have to have. To, and maybe and maybe it's a leave of absence that he needs mm-hmm. to step up into the role that she envisions him. I agree. Taking on. I agree. Right. So, what's your advice for brand new dads then? Whether they might be expecting to be brand new dads or not. You know, there was never a problem or a question about my bonding with Morgan. It just was there. It was natural. That's just where I felt. And if you have to be a father to 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 work at being connected, look, I don't know what this guy's background was. I don't know what his raising was, his, his family uh interaction was, you know, how they, what environment he was brought up. And so we don't, there's, there's so many factors that come into all this play. The bottom line was he wasn't there to connect. He didn't participate with her. She, he didn't, he wasn't interested when the baby was crying to go change the diaper. I, he, he had more interest at that time due to maturity or immaturity or wherever he was as other priorities. You're going to become a father. It's got to connect and you got to get into it. it, it you're a dad. This little, this, this innocent child is depending upon not only you to, to, to help him financially to support, to make sure there's food in the house, but they need your love. They need that hold. They need to know that you care. And if you don't, and for whatever your reasons, I don't know what to do about that. That's where you, maybe you need to get, you know, that guy needs to get some counseling or some education on what it is. It's a feeling. I don't know if it's even educated. It's it's an inherent feeling that you have as a dad. Eloise was born. 
he immediately connected. You guys were a partner when you had the second child. You had to deal with Emmett. He had his connection with Eloise. He took care of her while you were, you know, full time, whatever it was with it. That's the way your dynamic worked. It's not that it's right or wrong. It just, it worked, which they had didn't work. And he lost her respect. And that is a problem that only one that's going to ever get that back is him and her. Something's got to happen for that, for that, whatever that magic was when they first met, where they conceived this child to come back. Reality is set in and it's a different gig. And so maybe bonding can look different for different people because it absolutely looked different for me and Matt. When both of our kids were born, it looked different for me when Eloise was born versus when Emmett was born. When Eloise was born, um, I think I was under the impression that the heavens would open up and there'd be like angels singing hallelujah, basically, when she was born and mm-hmm. put on my chest. And and like there'd be this instant bond that I would know that she's my daughter mm-hmm. and I'm her mom. And like there's going to be this like string that nothing can cut, mm-hmm. right? And actually... In my conversations, especially with older mothers, interestingly enough, that's the perception that everybody told me, oh, yes, absolutely. I instantly bonded with my baby. I love them. And basically the heavens opened up and hallelujah was sung. Mm -hmm. And when Eloise was born, that didn't happen for me. Mm -hmm. I birthed her. And I was like, wow, that was crazy. That was that was an experience. They put her on my chest and I was like, holy shit, I have this baby to take care of now. She's she's cute. She's a baby. She's crying now. Now I have to take care of her and nurse her and do all the things. And then first time first time parents overwhelmed. Not, it, it is not uncommon. Maybe you overwhelmed. Have, you have no idea where what to do next, where it begins, and and mm-hmm. what it, what it all what it all means, how to interpret it all. Right. And for us, for Eloise as my first, breastfeeding was a really difficult journey. And Matt was there every single step of the way, and he was really supportive. And I relied on him a lot. I like. I don't know what I would have done without you, honestly, um, because things weren't easy. Mm-hmm. They they didn't just flow. And they weren't easy, not just at the beginning, but they weren't easy for the first month and the second month and the third month. Probably the fourth month was breast, was when breastfeeding started getting a little bit easier, but I legitimately for months and months mm-hmm. was questioning every single thing. Does she have a tongue tie? Does she have this? Does she have that? Is is this the problem? Is that the problem? What's going on? And I think that with, and she wasn't gaining weight as, as much as they had wanted her to and so forth. And so because that was such a difficult process for both of us, and mm-hmm. I was relying so much on Matt, I think that it was easier probably for Matt to bond with her because he was so needed. And I was having so many problems. So then Emmett comes along, this nine pounder who got stuck on the way out, right? <laughs> who was an incredible breastfeeder. And we then at that point had a toddler to take care of at the same time as we had an infant. So I was most, you know, divide and conquer. Emmett was was mostly being cared for by me because I had the milk supply. Eloise was mostly being cared for by Matt. And so the bonding kind of reversed where I had a really easy time bonding with Emmett and Matt had a really hard time bonding with Emmett and Matt didn't bond with Emmett until he was over a year old. And so it takes 
effort. Mm -hmm. It takes work. It can be difficult for different people, but Mm -hmm. I also want to make sure that we don't put out there that bonding just happens at the, and that the heavens open up in this beautiful parental children relationship. So, so so true. And and look, your first experience, you were first timer. You had no idea what to expect. The second time you already had a little bit of, of, of being there before. So it, it does change that dynamic, you know, so it's, and, and the most interesting thing is that you are, are not abnormal to a lot of women that are going through their first time with birth and going into breastfeeding and not have everything work. It, it, look, it's hard, man. There's no book on this thing. We always keep saying- Well, there's too many books, honestly. Well, yeah, but- <laughs> I, What I advice we, do you I follow? Think we've we think we've covered it. We've covered it. I think we got it. We got to move on. Yep. We got this f- was good. This might be a dual episode because you-, you we're, that's we Midwest Mary time. Okay, let's go. We got that. We're going to move on to story number two. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit All right, everyone. Story number two. Hi, Jerry, Justin, Holly, and Morgan, or guess us. To start, I love both Father Knows Something and Two Hot Takes, and I have been listening for quite some time. Anyways, I'm not quite sure how to start, but I'm pretty sure I want a divorce. I'm 27 with two kids. We've been together since high school. Getting pregnant with the first kid not long after graduating. I know I can't give you 10 years worth of problems within a short entry, I know I can't give you 10 years worth of problems within a short entry, but I know I can't possibly be happy with feeling the way I do for the rest of my life. My parents are divorced and a lot of my family mostly have had long lasting marriages. He's always said he won't leave me or divorce me, but has noticed me being distant and asked me twice before Christmas if I wanted a divorce. I told him then that it was more of no, if things change, I feel like for the last 10 years, I have repeatedly expressed my needs, but now I'm to the point of not caring anymore. Even at some points, just asking him to be nicer to me, it makes me so conflicted because on one hand, he does do things for me and is a good dad and is nice, but then on the other hand, he will turn around and make me feel crazy for having the same arguments over and over again. Different parenting styles, money household chores, etc. I just have the fear of even expressing wanting out and hurting him and tearing up our family. I also fear judgment afterwards and literally just how to even live on my own. Ideal outcome? Maybe just a good way to bring the conversation up and how to present a plan of action in a reasonable way that won't turn ugly. Some words of encouragement. I'm a people pleaser and do not want to feel hated. Direct honesty. I don't think you can do anything better to build your relationship than tell to than to sit down and say, when we when we started our relationship, we had an infatuation which turned into a into love. That's why we got to where we are. But something has been totally abused from this day forward. And if if we at this point in time we don't have that relationship, and if we can't somehow find it within one another to to respect each other and to be able to 
get to that love again, then we do have to break up because it's the only responsible thing to do if we're not happy. And us not being happy is not going to be good for our kids. So we need to work on each other and and really seeing if we can find this. And if we can't, we got to be realistic about it. You know, we're not too far down the road that we can't try it because figuring this, this figuring whatever our plan is on how to take time for one another, respect one another, treat each other to where we need to be treated the way we used to, that we can get there and get beyond, then we're, we're going to fail. And that's why we have to have this honest conversation to let we, both of us know where we are and how we and how we got here. Because if we can't improve it, this is the time to call it. Now, that would be, that would be the way that I would address it. And I'm not telling you to run to the divorce lawyer, and I'm not telling you to run to the family counselor. But, but look, people do say family counseling or couples counseling helps. Maybe they they have a way of bringing out the these truths so you guys can figure out how to do exercises to work on it. But it's all going to start within your conversation. So right? on that note, yep. she also added here, and because you brought it up, I'm going to read this. I also feel like in my head, I've made a decision. I just don't know how to follow through. I feel very checked out and have asked for couples therapy numerous times. And he continues to reject it. He, quote, didn't want someone else to tell him what he was doing wrong. He wanted to try to fix it on his own. I feel if we even tried it now, I don't know that I would give it my 100%. I've been to individual therapy and mostly did express my concerns with my marriage then too. Well, yeah, we were back to the same this the same role play of the first, you know, reading. If if you guys lose respect for one another, and obviously you've lost respect for the relationship because he's not honoring the relationship and you're done. It's a wrap. You know, sometimes when people separate, you know, like I'm 65 years old. I've been in love a few times in my life. And there's times where the relationship broke away and the person or myself realize how much we really meant to one another. And we certainly have tried to see if there was something to work with with that by itself that we can resurrect where we want to be because we do want to still be together. But right now, you don't even want to be together. You have an issue. And so maybe the, the responsible thing to do is is because he's not going for something that you feel passionate about to try to help yourselves and he's not interested. He, he certainly tried on his own and he, it didn't work. He, he didn't succeed. You're not feeling better about it. <laughs> That's clear. <laughs> so I think that you default to your, to your plan. And again, you don't have to make it a, a, a drag out fight. It's a conversation of two people that are being responsible to their relationship as they move forward. And there's rules when you engage in, in a discussion like this and you try not to put blame. You don't call people's names. You don't do, you just say, look, these are the facts. This is a binary deal. And I'm, I'm never, a, you know, one to try to say, go, you know, cut your relationship and walk away. But I do, I, I'm not afraid to say that if it's going to be healthier for you in the long run to grow, maybe that's what you need to do. What do you think? 
So it seems like this is another woman who knows what she needs to do. Mm -hmm. She knows her soul. She knows what she wants. She knows what's good for her. She knows it's the right move. Mm -hmm. She knows she's tried. She knows she's offered uh, collaborative efforts with mm -hmm. her partner and he hasn't been receptive. Yeah. And she's just scared of the world's backlash. Well, she I think she also was was in this reading or was it the last reading that they're worried about money, about working and, and support and living. Yeah, she's she's honestly worried about figuring out how to live on her own. Well, you can't stay in a relationship because of that. So no. you, you're gonna have to realize it's gonna be some 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 challenges for you. And maybe there's family that can help with kids, maybe there's some other avenues, but you're gonna have to go. I mean, I don't know if she works now. Does she say she works? I didn't. I didn't hear that. Unknown. So look, there's going to be some changes for you. It, you got to be brave and go forward. And there's going to be consequences on both of your, for both of you, from your, the way your lifestyle has been. What do you think about her question about like I'm scared about how everything is perceived by people that she knows? She says that she's. She's worried she's, about the judgment. She's worried about the judgment. She can't. This, this, you can't worry about what other people think. This is about you and your life and your kids and your going forward and about ultimately your happiness. You cannot stay in a relationship the way it is now because it's not going to get any better the way it is now. Mm -hmm. Something drastically has to change between him and you, both right. of you. And you can only control your own actions. There's nothing you control about anybody else. You only control your own destiny. If she does not, if he is not open to going to counseling or to and, working on it with her, like I, if he only wants to do it his way, that mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be so, so a let, really healthy so, so let's option. Just, let's take this take this plan for now. Let's imagine that it didn't bother her the way that she's living. Go ahead, live that way the rest of your life. But that's not the that's not the fact here. The fact is, it, it doesn't work for her. So you have one choice, and that's to make do something that's going to make a change. And if he's not willing to make this drastic change by going to, then maybe when you walk out the door, or he's or the or he's not in the door anymore, or whatever. There's a separation, uh, amicably concluded by having the conversation as adults would do. And, and I maybe that's the wrong word. Maybe those are fighting words. But if, to have the words that a responsible couple will do to move forward. That's what you have to do. Again, keep it, and I used to always use this word, keep these discussions with elegance. Keep them clear, mm -hmm. keep them focused. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not my fault, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. This is us. This is what we have created in our relationship. And we are not creating a better environment right now. So we, I'm going to take the action since we were unable to do it together. I can't continue this way and I'm I'm done for right now. And no name calling, keep your boundaries. Absolutely. Maybe write it down if you need to before you go into this discussion because oh, these can be really hard. I agree. Discussions and, to have. And and it depends on who your who your co-participant is. It can get ugly. So that's mm -hmm. why you really got to keep control by not letting yourselves explode as you're going through this. You you just mm -hmm. you got to keep it it's 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 not about being a fault. It's just about what it's it's not changing mm -hmm. and this isn't working for me. And that's really what it is. If it's not working for me, it's not working for us. Right. And knowing your boundary and also making sure that as you go into it, 
Like you're not going to be bulldozed. Mm-hmm. You're going to stick your ground. You're going to say what you need to say and have your feelings be heard because they matter and you matter. Mm-hmm. And they need to be respectful of that. And they might not be respectful of that. I'm going to give my two cents. Go. Do it. So I also think that this individual, the male from the male side of things. Yes. I don't think he's happy either at this point because why else would he bring up divorce multiple times? So it's got to be on his brain that something is very wrong. Something in the relationship is not right. They both know it. So I don't know how long ago that this lady talked to him about going to couples therapy. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm not sure if I could give it a hundred percent. Well, are you truly sure? Are you truly sure that, that, that you want to give it, give it up? Are you not willing to work for it? So what are, what is the, the best outcome that you could possibly have either way? Are you, or, you know, yeah, whichever way you're going to go, what ultimately at the end of the day, do you want? I think I think I think what she's saying ultimately, and it's really funny how people use hidden words and verses to really say that it's over. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and again, I feel like she knows what she wants. I mean, it's over. So I mean, and, and you're you right. Trust he, it. He himself is 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 setting this thing up for destruction as well. So let's give True. it. True. He did, yeah. and it's okay to change your mind. You can start the conversation about divorce, and it's okay to change your mind. You can bring it up. And have a conversation about it and go from there. How many people have been divorced and got back married again? Quite a few. It, it's not uncommon. So look, if, if it's going to stick divorced or stick that you're apart, it, it, it was yeah. that's just the way it is. If, it, if you guys are able to save it, but at least you're going to face it and we're going to be, you're going to articulate an absolute honesty. That is the, the key to all of this stuff. And it was a conversation we had before we started. It's... Mm-hmm. Honesty always prevails, and we have learned in our in our life in the last few years that everyone, the lying has got to stop in our society. We've mm-hmm. got to be honest. It's just it's it's epidemic. And on that note, let's go on to the next story, number three. All right, I'm passing it back. All right. Ooh. What number is this? Number three. This is number three. Let a rock and roll. This seems like it's going to be a heavy one. Okay. Because I haven't read it, but the first line is, am I enabling my friend while she abuses her kids? Hey, all right. Ugh. Let's go. Yes. Hi, Jerry, Justin, and Morgan, and also Amy and Matt. I added that in. Longtime listener, first time caller. I wanted to start off by saying that I love two hot takes and Father Knows Something so much. The advice given by Jerry and all of you has helped me in my day-to-day life, and I appreciate having a dad figure so readily available. There are weeks I skip the podcast, so I save a couple up and have a marathon moment to myself. So thank you for being the dad we all need. You are welcome, and thanks for being there for us. I really want to get advice on a friendship that I've had since I was 15. I am now 28 female. My best friend, we'll call her Anne, lives in a small town in my home state. I moved after high school to go to school and never returned. Our relationship has stayed pretty consistent with almost daily phone calls, texts, FaceTiming. There are times we both do our own thing and don't even talk when on the phone, just enjoying each other's company. She has multiple kids, 
on a couple baby daddies. She has a lower income and job hops quite a bit. She lives her life with no passion or drive and has the small town mindset on politics, race, religion, child rearing, etc. I have a decent career. I'm married and I have two beautiful children. We are absolutely in different stages of our life. I would never question anyone's parenting or say they're a bad mother, but the way she treats her kids is appalling. Constantly screams at them, saying things like, are you fucking stupid? Spanks them as well. Past an appropriate amount for small inconveniences and constantly tells myself and others, I can't stand these effing kids in front of them. I try my best to help guide her or offer advice, remind her they're kids and to try other avenues. She thanks me, says she's going to try, and the next day is losing her mind on these poor kids. The oldest kid wets the bed, and still I can't help but wonder if it's because of their living situation as he is well past the age of um, having an accident every night. I don't have proof of abuse other than witnessing all of this on FaceTime and sometimes when I visited them. I can't stand the thought of sitting by and watching all of this happen and I don't want to be an enabler. But what else can I do from states away? I want to cut the friendship because it's unbearable to hear how she treats them. And I would love to tell her how horrible these kids are treated. But then who will be there to calm her down in these situations? I'm hesitant to call CPS myself without proof. And if I did call, those poor kids would be separated and sent into, hor- into a horrible system. Please help me as I'm at a loss. Is what I see abuse or just an angry, stressed out single mother at the end of her rope doing her best? Either way, it's abuse. Any way you call it, if if she's hitting the kids or she's swearing at the kids or it's abuse. But I'm going to back up because I'm going to let you guys run your thing and then I'm going to take over at the end of the day. So go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) You're on, Star. I mean, do we all have a picture of this person and their lifestyle and their upbringing themselves and just a not healthy environment to be in. And we can't say what this person grew up in, but I imagine she's imitating what she grew up in. Probably. And does that make, I guess, does that make it acceptable? I personally don't think that's acceptable. It's not the way that I've chosen to raise my kids. I would never purposefully swear in front of my kids, right? Like it happens, but in front of my kids, I'd never say I'm so fucking sick of these kids. Um, I, I don't spank my children. I think that they don't learn anything from that. Well, the science and the evidence proves right. that it doesn't. So as far as advice to this individual, I think that one, you can absolutely cut anybody out of your life if they're not serving you. If they're not serving you, they're not bettering you, they're not progressing you as a person, then cut them loose. You don't, you don't need that in your life. You want to call CPS? Call them. Say, hey, I'd like a, a welfare check 
on these kids because technically you're only seeing the public version of that person. You're not seeing the private side of things. So what is occurring above and beyond? So if you're actually concerned, yeah, make the phone call. Have them go make a door knock, right? Hey, if you how's are it going? actually concerned, make a report because here's the thing, even they might not make a door knock, but here's the thing, they will document that and write that down. And if there's other people who also call or medical providers that also call, it'll be added to their chart and that will give them a clearer picture of what's going on. Perfect. And lastly, I'm going to say this. If you are on the verge of not being friends with this person anymore, then what is the harm in telling them, hey, I don't agree with how you're treating your children. You're right where I was going. Mm-hmm. And right where I was going. I would really you like to see you to their attention. make some changes. And here's what I'm talking about. And if you need help, if you need to get some therapy for yourself or whatever it may be to take the right steps to become a better human being, mm-hmm. let's work on that together. Otherwise, I can't be your friend anymore. Beautiful. But also I've been there and it's really hard and it really sucks. And I have said those things to myself in my brain that like- I think every parent has. Every parent has. And so also being like, I've looked into this. Here's some parenting resources that I really recommend. Here's like some concrete things that you can do because you need to do some inner healing before you can like really be at peace raising these kids. Because most of this is passed on trauma. Honestly, you need to be able to self-regulate yourself before you can really help guide these little individuals that have a like normally developmentally inability to regulate their emotions. We are at a point as adults where we have that capability to regulate our emotions and to bring us into a place of calm. It's still flipping hard, especially when our kids flip us off. Like, it's really, really hard. Well, kids are trained to flip us off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They push our buttons. They, they push our triggers. That, that, that is, that's one of their jobs. The, our job is to be wise enough to pull away and not let it, not let it affect us and try to find a, an appropriate way of dealing with it. Why, and maybe why are it you af- laughing? Maybe it affects I, us, but we got to like cool high it. offender. <laughs> you were a very high offender. Yes. Well, and so, okay. So yes, this, this other mom, this friend, Mm -hmm. I totally agree, probably was brought up and her parents treated her like this and she's probably doing the best she can. Also in this single parenting world of bringing up these kids and it's probably driving her crazy and she probably has unprocessed trauma, but, um, having that open conversation with like, Hey, can I help you out? at all like if she states away so that's harder to do physically she can't like physically go to them and be like let me give you a break you need to take some time for yourself to like refine who you are find your value find your worth so that you can be good for you but also for your kids like that's hard to be a friend to really be a friend you have to be not afraid to speak honest and truth with your with your friend Mm-hmm. You, uh, she sees a problem that is affecting her friend, her children, future 
part of our community and she knows it's wrong in her heart. Mm-hmm. And rather than be, just as Matthew said, you na- you nailed it. Before, long as you're really to walk away, don't turn a blind eye to these kids when they need your help. Because who's the true victim here? The kids. It's the kids. That's right. It's not the friendship. So you be bold. Sit down with your friend and say, we have to have a talk. Now, I, I have mm-hmm. friends that, let me tell you, it's gone both ways. I may have had behaviors that weren't appropriate within their minds, and they sit me down and we'd have a conversation. I'm still their friend mm-hmm. because it was done with the right rules. Mm-hmm. And I have another friend that I've had some frustrations with mm-hmm. because not that it frustrates me. It's not my life being affected. I'm watching my friend's life being affected. And, I, and I'm honest about it. I say, I am concerned because I've known you for 40 years and I see this and it it's hurting me watching you hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, that person's very happy with, they think they're very happy with the way it is, but mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it's their life. So I can only bring it up to them, share it with them. And see what how, how they want to change. And in the same breath, you see these kids, you can certainly say, this is what's going on. This is what I'm recognizing. This is real. This is abuse. And either you're going to get some, some assistance or you know something? I'm going to do the thing that I really is call it the best gift I can do for you as a friend. I'm going to call Child Protective Services to protect your children from yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't love, like you, I love you, but I also know that this has to happen before it, it, it escalates and continues this way because it is abuse. You're hurting these children, and I don't think you really want to hurt your children. So that's that's this guy's take, and I and I agree with you on it. I thought it was yeah, you 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 nailed it. I guess my last point is going to be, I think the way that that mother is acting is almost taking a very self-serving approach that she still hasn't taken on the responsibility of, I have to raise these kids. I want to raise good human beings where she's really only caring about herself. Like I'm so sick of these kids. I should be, again, just my perception from the story, right? Is, oh, I'd rather be out partying or I'd rather be doing something else. I don't want to I don't want this responsibility. And I, again, I don't know what their home Maybe life is like. That, that's why she needs it. some help. She needs, exactly. she needs some, some, some assistance emotionally to go put some of this stuff in place. Yeah. Yeah. The most concerning thing for me was when she, the quote, when she constantly screams at them saying things like, are you fucking stupid? Spanks them well, passes an appropriate amount for small inconveniences, and constantly tells myself and others I can't stand these effing kids in yeah. front of them. So you have to you have to realize like your comments in front of your kids. That's what they're growing up with. That's what is impressed upon them. That's how they internalize their self worth. And you don't want that. You want your kids to know that they're valuable, mm-hmm. that they're worthwhile, that they have thoughts and are smart to contribute to the world and can do, you know, whatever that they want to do if they put their minds to it. So that's the kind of world that we want to live in. And and we won't live in that world if we have parents who are getting down on their kids every day. 
Well, she did say one thing. I want to know what direction to go. Mm-hmm. And you now, we've now said it. We're going to stick by it. So let's let us know what you do. And now let's move on to number four. Let's go. Number four. Read Hi it there, Morgan, Justin, and Dad. I feel weird calling you anything else. Good. Other than Dad. I apologize in advance. I've had some wine and I have a little ADHD. So this might be a little long. LOL. I need some help here. My fiance and I have been together about eight years, five or take. There's been two separations in those eight years. We have two beautiful daughters together, ages seven and two and a half. My fiance has been suffering from some depression pretty bad lately, like the past six months. He also has been dealing with his newfound addiction over the past year and a half. He was clean for months and recently relapsed and got clean again. And I've researched as much as I can about addiction to try and help. So I know depression is a part of that process. But there's one more thing that's come up in all this. His father, who is supposed to be serving a life sentence for murder of my mother-in-law when my fiancé was little. So his father, who is supposed to be serving a life sentence for the murder of my mother-in-law when my fiancé was little, has reached out to him and let him know he was a, he has a parole hearing coming up and might be getting out. And on top of this, we have communication issues, which we recognize, and I know we need therapy to help us. But he is so against therapy and just expects me to be his therapist and vice versa. Now, with all this going on, I want to say our daughters are thriving and we keep all of this from them as much as we can. But it's come to a point where my fiance is almost mad at me for choosing to make sure our girls are taken care of over babysitting him with his depression and addiction. But he's never done that for me going through my own issues, like dealing with my abusive ex-stepfather, also getting out of prison. I don't know what I'm asking for at this point, just a little bit of guidance. I know it's a lot. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask. Well, who wants to go first? I think you should, Jerry. I think she's asking for your advice, honestly. Well, that, okay, I'll, I'll go for it. As I'm playing all this, how could your fiance not have all the issues that have to be anesthetized going on in his life? His father killed his mother. Found guilty, went to jail for it, still serving. He's got to deal with the fact that this guy's coming out. There is so much pain and stuff going on that I'd be amazed if this guy wasn't, you know, affected somehow. So I think that if you actually were able to get the message across saying, honey, let's go get some counseling. I'll go with you to start and see how it works with us and see if you feel comfortable talking with this person. Because if you don't think that this has affected you in your life, I don't know how it could have not have affected you. And yeah, I was abused and I'm affected by it. Because she said that her fa- her stepdad, her father or stepfather abused her. 
So mm-hmm. I think that if if you said you know his and her his and her trip to the to the psychologist just to just so he got comfortable to see that when you walk in someone's office they're not there to hurt you, but you can get to that comfort zone because no one's going to get any help from anybody without being comfortable, mm-hmm. and you got to get there. It, I, I strongly feel that this is going to be in order for you guys to survive, especially because of his addiction. And addiction is the hardest thing in the world. And he's obviously recognizes it and he's trying, but the, the pain that he's going through emotionally seems that it is real and very apparent. So I, I wish you luck to try to get him to at least cross that bridge to say, let's go see what it is. Mm-hmm. And we need it. And trust me that I'm here with you. Mm. And I know you're here with me, but we got to do this and see what happens. That would, that would be the, 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 the first step that I would try to do with this before yeah. anything else. That, that, that's what comes to me to mind right off the bat. I feel like coming and knowing, like coming to your partner and saying, hey, I know that this is going to be really, really hard, but I'm here with you and I'm here for you and I'm just here. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, counseling and therapy would probably be really helpful. You can't force anybody to it if they're not comfortable with it, but probably would be really, really helpful. But again, just like being there with them and being by their side during this really, really painful and, and really hard thing. There's That's a, the first step. There's a lot of stuff coming out. I mean, this guy's this getting is complicated. This, this is hard. So I really say we got to put this to the next level. And if you can get him to be comfortable and you can be comfortable, just going to to talk to a professional because you can say to him point blank, I know that we're each other's site, you know, we're we we are we are each other's counselors, but we're not trained for this. No. Right. This is this is this is out of our pay grade. We mm-hmm. need some assistance to try to process and how to deal with this so we can effectively in our life get healthier and be happier. So here's her ideal outcome is uh, just to have some guidance from you, a father. My bio dad has never really been a huge part of my life. If Morgan came to you with it with this issue, what would you tell her? Exactly what I just told you. Mm. Exactly the same thing. So you got you you got the dad you got the dad thought and I really do hope that you can sit down with your love and together whole, hand in hand go to do this for yourselves. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what do you think? I will agree, very complicated. I don't have a lot of experience with depression or addiction, so it's hard for me to speak on, but from what I do know, I guess I'll start with the addiction aspect is that there's centers all over, you know, there's recovery centers probably in your area. Duluth area here has RAD, Recovery mm-hmm. Alliance Duluth. And I think that would be important to, if you are trying to conquer your addiction or your your husband is, to, if he's not willing to go there, I think it's still important for you to start making the connections to be able to give your husband that advice. So go to those centers, meet the people, find people that you think your husband would be able to connect with. And then- And for her to have those connections to support herself, because that's that's re- to have a loved one in recovery is really taxing on a partner also. Right. 
So get involved with your recovery centers in the area. Mm -hmm. Find something that works for you. Find a group that works for you. Um, There's some really great things about RAD in Duluth that it's not always, it's not always abstinence from substances. Substances. It's, they, they create a program for you that works for you within your they life. They meet so you where they, you are. They meet you where you are. That, yes. They meet you so, where you are. They provide support. They provide you got it. community. It's a really great program. Yeah. So that would be one of the things I would implement. And then pride is a really hard thing to swallow. Mm-hmm. But this guy needs to swallow his pride and get counseling. And it's hard to do. It's mm-hmm. hard to admit that you have a problem that you are going to become very vulnerable with strangers. Mm-hmm. But what's the worst outcome? You share all your vulnerabilities with somebody or you lose everything that you have. Right. So I would set these boundaries. I would set some expectations. And ultimately, like, you need to think of yourself and your kids and how how deep does the addiction go and how deep does the depression go and at what point do you need to step away and think of your kids? Here's your mantra. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That is my saying. That's your mantra. There we go. So, so there we are. There, there is the advice of your sister, your brother, and dad. There we go. <laughs> so we are your family. So we we... we Keep us in keep us in the loop on how it, how it worked out for you. We're going to number five. Number five. Number five. This will be our last one, and then we'll do a uh, a Patreon. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. My 30 female husband, 32 male, told me two and a half weeks ago that he was done with our marriage after 11 plus years of marriage and 14 years together. We also have two kids, two boys, two and five. We've had our share of issues throughout our relationship, but I always thought we could work out anything. For the last couple of months of our relationship, I'd have to ask for affection. I understand this was probably an indicator that things were coming, but I was still blindsided when it happened. I've now moved out with our kids, but I don't know how to move forward. Some days I feel okay. Others, I really miss him. He was a huge part of my life. For such a long time, and I don't know how to not want more than just a friendship and a co-parenting relationship. How do I move forward? How many years were they together? Fourteen. Fourteen total. Eleven how, plus how many, marriage. So how hard. many children did they have? Two. Two kids. How can you not think that this is a huge part of your life? Fourteen years. How old is she? Uh, she's thirty. Thirty. Half your life. So they got yeah. together when. Yep. 16. He, he was 18, she was 16. Don't think that this is not a big curveball. I, 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 f- I find it uh, unusual that you did not know it was coming because all the signs typically are there before and, and your instincts say, hey, we got a big problem on our hand. So needless to say, this is where you are and he's out the door. Life will go on for you. I will mm-hmm. tell you that I've I've had relationships that were long and they broke my heart. And I will tell you, you're going to go through normal things of grief. You're going to go through anger. You're going to go through 
all these different things. There's books that you can read till you're blue in the face about these feelings. Yes, you can get some counseling to help you go through it. But at the end of the day, you're going to still go through it and you will make it through it. And you will find that everything that you really will need, you're, you yourself, your body, your, your, your mind will find that 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 person that will fill that void stronger and better and, and actually in a different way than you in experience and you experience in this relationship. So I, I'm going to tell you, honestly, don't give up. That's, that's, that's really the word here is don't give up, get up in the morning, put, get out of bed, put one foot in front of the other, even on the, especially on the toughest of days and recognize, yeah, I miss him. Yeah, I, but he isn't the healthy, it isn't the healthy relationship that I really deserve and that I really need in my life going forward the rest of my life. And allow the people who who do give you reinforcement in life and happiness to be a part of your day and grow with things and find things that, get out of your box, go find things that you may really enjoy to go do. Maybe you'll go enjoy pickleball, you'll, you'll socialize, you'll meet new people and meeting new people, and I'm not saying to go meet people to date, because that's not really what this is about. It's meeting people that will help you exercise your mind and enjoy your life and have fun with. Mm. These are the things that are, are the part of the healing process that will make you healthier as a person, that when you finally really do get through all this, this muck, mm-hmm. that you will come out and you will excel and exceed far beyond the limits that you had in this relationship. And that is my initial take. Do you have one? It's your turn. To piggyback off of everything that you're saying, I give you permission to be selfish, to think about you and to think about what you need and to grow as a person and to develop your hobbies I think when so many women are faced with divorce, it's a really, really hard thing because for years and years and years, they've been investing themselves into a relationship and they've been putting themselves into helping their other person or being with their other person or thinking about their other person or their family or whatnot. And that's all really noble, really wonderful things. But if your relationship didn't work out, it's not your fault. And maybe it just wasn't that the two of you were meant to be together. Maybe there were different dynamics. Maybe it was effort or responsibility was unequal. But as you are separating probably the healthiest thing for you as a person is to find out what you enjoy, what you like, what you love, what you enjoy about yourself, and then to pursue it, and then to grow in it, and to love yourself, and to be confident in yourself. That's probably the best thing that- that's probably the best thing that you can do for yourself Mm -hmm. and your kids. Because once you do that, you're going to attract people who are of that caliber. Mm -hmm. And if your goal or your life, like if if you want to be in a relationship again, you're going to attract people who are also balanced and who are also whole and also 
people of substance that are who are going to like bring something to the table and the healthier you. the healthier you are mentally it certainly attracts healthier yeah. people so it's okay to be selfish in those situations absolutely i forget what her original question was but that's that's what i brought from your from your take so the, the basically the question was is how do i move forward mm-hmm. and her ideal outcome is for them to be friends, co-parent, mm-hmm. without it hurting every time that they see each other. And I and I think then that, that I'm going to double down on what I just said then. I think that the best way that she can do that is to invest in herself. I, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with everything that you both have said. I think that this is an interesting story because we don't know why he left. We don't True. know what their share of issues were. Mm -hmm. We're not sure. We don't know a lot of the background info. So I'm going to pose some questions is while you're doing that soul searching, Mm -hmm. ask yourself what could have been better in my relationship? What could my partner have done differently for the next person that I'm going to be with? What could I have done differently? I feel like there's a big communication gap here Mm -hmm. that there were some major problems transpiring. And if you have open communication amongst yourselves, usually you're not blindsided. And OP did say that for the last couple of months, well, that she had to ask for affection. Well, two months, I mean, that's in the big scheme of things, that's not a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So, there was something. T- she was feeling something. There was she was some, feeling something. There, there was, was something. Trust going your on. intuition. So, you got to trust your intuition. You know when w- something's up. And like when you're feeling that, you need to ask the questions. Like, hey, is there something going on? Mm. Is, you know what is transpiring here? Yeah, be so, invested in your partner. And absolutely, her, her ideal outcome was again for them to be friends, to co-parent without it hurting every time. Well, time may not heal all wounds. It may always hurt, but you need to. I feel be able to come to terms with what transpired and move on and live your life to your fullest and take I am an expert at this. All right, Jerry. <laughs> Tell me your expert opinion. I am an expert on how to be in a relationship, be in love, thinking that person is the person of your dream. Mm. And at the end of the day, it didn't work out and become amazing friends with them. You are an That's expert true. at that. You really are. I am the expert at this. So <laughs> because I am an expert what at this. What is the secret? What's the secret sauce? Uh, secret sauce is first time to heal. Mm. Let it heal. Get beyond to the point where you realize and you truly accept that, you know, look, you ever plant a lawn out in front of your house? What, what's what's that stuff in front of your house called? Dirt. Dirt. <laughs> Grass, <laughs> dirt. No, I know it's dirt uh, out there. Yeah, mud in mud. front of our well, that mud, yes. construction. Yes. Dirt. Yes. Okay, and then dirt by itself is a very amazing thing. With dirt, and you give it the right nourishment and the right seed, it grows beautiful gardens. Hundreds oh. of dollars of grass seed is what that is. Okay, and then sometimes it takes water to mm-hmm. do that to mix it, but sometimes you just doesn't it. For some reason, all you still keep getting is mud. 
So what was your secret sauce fertilizer for your relationships, Jeremy? Well, I think the, the secret sauce is just to recognize that together we made mud. Mm. And apart, we're, we're, we may be healthier. And go on and say, look, when you finally get to the part and you realize that isn't my lover, I see where we would never be healthy. We would never have this, this relationship that we really can. And you are able to get to having yourself and you're able to go open up and find other healthier relationships with whomever these people might be, you will realize that that person isn't, you're not dependent upon that person for that intimacy of that, of that position in your life. Yes, that person is the father of your children and you may want to be able to have a, a wonderful relationship with that person as their father and you as their mother, but together you guys are better off apart and you move on and you don't care who they're sleeping with. You don't care what they're doing with their life. You're not jealous of that because you've come to terms that it wasn't right for me. And until you get to that part, that healthiness, that you're going to have your issue. So work on you. Yeah. Work yep. on you. Yep. So accepting who they are, accepting who you are, working on yourself and not expecting them to change. Ex exactly. Yeah. There you go. So I want to th thank you guys for doing this great show. This, this is fun. This was a wonderful show. We got through a lot of stuff. And uh, thank you all for watching. And we do have a Patreon coming up. We have one more story that uh, Matthew has sitting in front of him. So come join us and we'll see you at Patreon. And otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our Patreon. Hold on. Jeez I have to pee. Louise.